The Doctrine and Devotion Conference on Covenant Theology is going down September 18th and 19th in Chicagoland, Illinois. Stay tuned for more details, but if you can't wait, head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com conference to register. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jane Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. I am tired. Why? Tired. From what? What? Oh, because is this your way of getting out of hanging out after this? No, I asked you to hang out. I'm I not know, getting out. I, okay, so yeah, no, no, no. See, no goodness. Well, I'll tell you why I'm tired. You're taking forever to do stuff today. Holy oh, no, smokes! I'm taking. Dragging I'm doing. Hey, I'm doing feet. It's at my time. You're doing time. stuff that you should have done earlier here in front of me. Now, what stuff like, I should have done? I did all done my earlier. stuff before we what, got what, here. What so stuff I didn't I have to done? sit there and stare, read emails, uh, answer questions, uh, listen to things that we've you been gave sent me to you. a whole list of stuff just now that I had already sent to you. Yeah, 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 we yeah, finally yeah, went yeah, over yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, okay, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the way so, it goes. No, well, the reason I'm tired mm, no, is, here it is because I went to bed last night at 10. Because uh-huh. I get up early, I got like, stuff I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I went to bed at 10 on a weekend, and uh, but I, I can't fall right to sleep, right? So, mm-hmm. I have, so, I have, so you went to bed at 10, yeah, and but I, you it, fell asleep at 2? No, I... I Later, because I, I I put a podcast in and now I'm playing my game on my phone, right? Because like I'm mm-hmm. I got stuff to do, right? So I'm playing my game. I'm trying to get like tired, and mm-hmm. I'm listening to a podcast, a true crime podcast, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and I'm playing my game. And about like 35 minutes in, <laughs> Jenny goes, "How long are you gonna play that game?" And I was like, "Well." I don't know. I can shut it. I mean, I'll just, I'm sorry. I'm tired. I didn't know it was going to bother you. I'll just go downstairs. She's like, no, 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 no. Don't, I'm not telling you to leave. I'm like, well, obviously, if you can't, I got to get out of here because you're going to. She's like, no, 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 no. And then when I stood up, she didn't fight me. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just go <laughs> no, downstairs. No, no, just stay, Joe. Yeah. Stay. I said, ah. Okay, bye. So then I went downstairs. And so I sat on the couch mm-hmm. and I was like, I'll just, I'll just play on my game for a little bit yeah. and, uh, and listen to a podcast. So 3.30? And then, well, no, but then, so then that's like a, by 11 o'clock, right? Now I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. Mm. And so I grab a cigar yep. and I go sit on the back porch. So that's another hour. So an hour and a half. Hour and a half. There it is. All right. And uh, so I went onto the back porch and I listened to a podcast and I uh, was uh, smoking a cigar and just looking at the stars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got to bed at two thirty. My goodness. Yeah. No, it was like it was actually it was after two thirty. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, and... so I'm tired, man. I'm a little huh. pooped. Mm-hmm. But did you get up early? Yeah. Good. Where'd you go? Yeah. I didn't go anywhere. I just had stuff to do. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I like to go out places, but no, mm-hmm. no, not today. Not on the weekend. Just, uh, yeah, this is like, uh, I wanted to get more done this morning, but uh, I was dragging. So how are you feeling? Are you dragging I, or are you feeling good? I'm feeling good. Yeah. I, I, you know, until you started abusing me there verbally. I didn't abuse you verbally. My goodness. What are you talking about? You know, I don't know. I don't know what to say to you sometimes. 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 You know, sometimes you put a carrot out there in front of the donkey. Sometimes you got to hit that donkey with a stick. One that was very well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that's an original you, but it, it was really, it, it, really good timing. But two, no, no, no. no you said you said one. That usually means there's a follow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Two, like I, I, I was like, I know Jimmy does not uh, think of himself as the as the the donkey, the 
uh, the the dumb laborer uh, in this relationship. Mm-hmm. He he fancies himself as sort of the the grand poobah of doctrine and devotion, who who uh, control pulls all the strings. First of all, I transcend. Oh, is that what you do? I transcend. Okay. All right, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll just refer to you as trans. That'll make it easier for me to remember. <laughs> um, you're horrible. Well, I'm just trying to keep up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so trans. I don't yeah. even know. I mean, you're always transing. I don't know how it works. <laughs> you said it. I'm just trying to, like, you know. So uh, we got some emails, and we can't get to all of them. No, we can't. We're gonna we're gonna we'll do two emails today, right? All right, and one. Oh, it's, it's right up my alley. Dealing with abusive pastors. Yeah, this is definitely something you're familiar with from all uh, your time in Canada. No, no, no. Absolutely. No, you're right about that. You're but, right but about you were that. saying you were suggesting me. I, oh, I was I, suggesting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was the joke I had earlier. Yep. All right. Hello, fellows. Firstly, love the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the question I have today is a kind is a kind of serious. If an elder in <laughs> the past kind of serious what? It just says that. Okay. It, the question I have today is a kind of serious, full stop. Okay. If an elder in the past verbally, emotionally abused his children without it coming to light in the church and the family works things out amongst, among themselves, is that enough? Does he need to come clean to the church about what happened at home? Is he then disqualified from being an elder? Where does grace and growth come into this situation? And to give a bit more context, I'm a friend of one of the children. They confided in me. I was told not to tell anyone as it would make the situation worse for the family. I'm now realizing how wrong that was, but I'm still unsure of how to bring this up as 1 Timothy 5.19 tells us not to bring a charge against an elder without two or three witnesses. And only one person had spoken to me about this. Anything you have to say would be helpful. Anything? Anything we have to say is going to be helpful? That's yeah. going to make this easy. <laughs> There's actually a lot going on There's here. a lot here, yeah. There is a, there is a lot. So let's just walk through this here um, if we can. Um, so it, it, there, the question is if there's an elder who is verbally and emotionally abusing his children. Um, let's just stop there. Abuse is evil and wicked. Yeah. It needs to be stomped out. And, you know, I think Jimmy and I have a rather emotional reaction where we think the abuser needs to be stomped out too. Yeah, but yeah. that's not what we're saying should be done. Uh, we just want to affirm that abuse is evil. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be uh corrected people need yeah, to be yeah. held accountable yep, absolutely. we're not playing with the abuse thing nope so yeah verbal emotional okay so they're not getting hit uh that can that can be very intense and damaging for people so you know verbal emotional abuse it's unbiblical it's anti-biblical it's anti-christian it's anti-jesus it's anti-god so we do hate that um all um but at the same time we do have to ask because like we're, for the for the for the intent of this question, we're going to assume there has been legit verbal emotional abuse happening. Yeah. Now, when you say legit, let, let's let's talk about that then. Right. What makes it legit? Um, I think th- this is where we get it. I think into trouble. Like, what constitutes verbal abuse? Mm-hmm. So, um, if calling like calling your kid names can be a horribly abusive yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You stupid idiot. I, you, you know. 
Um, but I call my kids names all the time. Oh, yes, you do. And uh, they love it. And like, I mean, I've called a DCFS three, four times. They, and they're like, oh, you're talking about Joe again? Uh, <laughs> they go, yeah, the file's no, this thing. Don't worry kid, about it. Kids are uh, kids like that. Um, because there's no intent. There's no ill intent behind it. I'm actually constantly, uh, continually trying to build up the kids. Uh, the playful way that we talk is, is like, oh, if, if somebody messes up and everybody laughs, we all go, oh, you dummy. And mm. nobody's feelings are hurt over that. But yes, when there's uh, the intentional... Uh, and maybe it's not intentional, but the uh, the affliction or the infliction of emotional pain and distress, mental pain and distress, I think that would begin to qualify what we mean by legit uh, emotional verbal abuse, uh, calling them names, uh, belittling them, exasperating them. Uh, you don't have to hit them with your fists or with a stick to, uh, to be abusive. You can do so merely by... Um, mercilessly teasing them, making them feel like they are no, not good, not worthy of, of, of your love. Like, like that, that they're uh, uh, nothing but a burden to their, to the parent. Right. Mm. Lots of ways that this I think could yeah, be. Yeah. And I think it also legit. depends on the individual, like the child themselves and their, mm -hmm. their, their temperament. Right. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of ways. Um, I think our culture tries to call things abuse. That's not abuse. Right. Right. Um, Give us an example though. All right. I'll spanking. You know, I don't think I don't think that's abusive. Can it be abuse? It can. hundred uh, percent, right? It can, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if it's done in anger, if it's done reactionary, if it's uh, like I mean, I was I was you know disciplined as a child. Never once never, was it never worked either. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> never once was it overboard, and mm -hmm. never once did I like afterwards think to myself, I don't think I deserve that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like some kids mm -hmm. are like, like I hate you. Oh, how dare you? No. I was like, yeah, no, I deserve this. This is, this is, yeah, that's about right. Oh, that's it? Whoa, he's being <laughs> yeah. gracious today. Exactly. You know? So not everything that is said to be abuse, and we're not but, minimizing and, No, abuse. we're not minimizing it. Like, but like, like I think of how I talk to Cohen mm -hmm. is different than how I talk to Elias, exactly. which is different yes. than how I talk to Ariana. Right. Right. Elias, I can joke around with more mm -hmm. and, and, you know, uh, joke in the same way that you were talking about with your kids. Cohen, that's different. I can joke around mm -hmm. a certain way, but I, I, I'm mindful, even when I'm at, at baseball games. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I, I. I could tell he gets embarrassed. He wants, you know, uh, and it's, I don't think that's abusive, so but Elias I could, is the, is the, is the more sensitive one. Is my, no, more, Cohen, Cohen is. is the more sensitive. Cohen is. Sorry. But there's, they're sensitive in different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Elias is more sensitive about um, when he makes a mistake mm -hmm. and me highlighting that mistake. Right. To a certain degree. Right. Right. He's going to respond better if you just go out and talk to him oh, privately yeah. about it. And which is what I, I typically do is like if he makes a mistake or something like that, you know, I'll call him over and I'll kind of whisper in his ear so no one else can hear. Right. Um, or I'll be like, like if he's upset about something, you know, I'll remind him, hey, man, take a few minutes, go get a tissue, head up to your room. When you're ready, come on out. You know, uh, like there, there's a way of how each mm -hmm. kid I have to deal with differently. But Elias doesn't on, care. You could be like, hey, Elias, fix it next time and do it publicly and he's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. he's good. He's good. So I think that I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. But for the intents of this question, we are assuming that it's uh, legit. It's verbal, legit verbal making making a child, as you said, yeah. uh, feeling less of themselves, worthless, worthless. Yeah, like oh my gosh. So, um, and then you said, but the family works things out among themselves. Is that enough? Well, let's stop again. Um, what does it mean to work things out? Does that mean that the the dad is repentant? 
and confessing and reconciling and and living differently and speaking differently and are the kids seeing this and affirming that yeah well then that's that's working it out Mm -hmm. uh no i mean i've been in situations with churches where mm -hmm. uh the pastor be like no no jimmy and i we worked it out and it was like more about well if you didn't have done this i wouldn't have had to say that i'm like wait what yeah what do you mean i don't feel like i don't feel like that was an apology John, <laughs> I'll say his name. <laughs> Piper. No, 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 no. no, no. It wasn't no, John Piper. No, no, well, I, I just assumed. This no, you said John no, no, MacArthur. No. Nope. Mm. Nope. 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 Maxwell. Now I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna say mm. the last name. Cena. No. No. Okay. No. You don't talk back to John Cena. I. You do not talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. um Okay. So what were we talking about? Um, uh, we're talking about okay. Pastor John. His Work, abusiveness. Working it. Working it out. And, and repenting and unrepentance. Now, is that enough, or does he need to come clean to the whole church about what had happened at home? Uh, is he then disqualified from being an elder? So let's take these questions one at a time. Is that enough? It depends. It depends on the nature, the extent, uh, the duration yeah. of the abuse. Um, you know, pastor went through uh, a dad goes through, you know, a bad week and things get out of hand and he's verbally abusive to his family does he need to go before the whole church and confess that if he's a pastor i don't think so uh, but maybe it just depends on the extent the duration you know the the, mm -hmm. the levels there, there isn't like a one simple answer no because there are some pastors that are just defiant in yeah. the midst of yeah. of their abusiveness right mm -hmm. like we've and, seen it and yeah. I, yeah i've seen it i've experienced it uh and it it was really formative for me early on in ministry of like man this is not the way I want to treat people, which is why yeah. I think sometimes mm -hmm. I probably overreact uh, to the sensitivity side because I've I've been in the midst of that abusive relationship, um, and so I, it, it's sometimes difficult for me for to differentiate right what's proper and what's not, and so I just err towards like you know what I'm just going to be cautious as could be because I've been in those churches where you know the individual is just defiant right and and unrepentant and i mean you know we were talking before this started about uh this pastor jim guy and you know people have seen the the video online i'm sure oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i forget yeah 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 jim standridge yeah you guys see this video where I'm, he's he's the old 75 year old preacher oh yeah and he starts ripping into the congregation so like people specific people right in front in the middle of the sermon you yeah. know what? i'm gonna play just a small bit of it yeah go ahead yeah right, it's, funny. Right, right. It's, it's funny it's not funny it's not funny but it's, it's like it's so awful it's funny yeah here goes and it'd be surprised son don't go to sleep while i'm talking hey 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 don't 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 you lay your head back i'm i'm important oh, i'm somebody i'm important he's somebody joe now you might do your english teacher that way but i'm not teaching english i'm teaching eternal life here i love you you know i love you have i convinced you i love you it's always couched in love yeah you better, you better not classic abusive come on put it there. technique all right you stay awake and you listen to me you say well he may never come back well he ain't here now <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of funny yeah, that, that's no, a funny line oh, oh here we go mr underwood and i noticed on the calendar i'm supposed to marry y'all what makes you think i'd marry you you're one of the sorriest church members i have uh. Poor dude was just in his line of sight. 15 cents. 15 cents. And you want me to marry you to her? And you want to marry him? And he don't even know where he belongs? And you don't even know where you belong? Now, uh, let me tell y'all everybody here how much I love these kids. <laughs> Do you know I love you, sir? Stand up, big boy. Do you know I love you? All right. And then gives him a hug. This is a guy that has never uh, got an appropriate butt whooping. This no. is a guy who uh 
Yeah. And like you get like you get the frustration aspect of it too, right? Someone falling asleep mm-hmm. in the middle of your servant, you know. And no, like, I actually I, don't. I've I've seen people. No, I know, sleep I know that. I've never been annoyed. I've never been upset. You've never been annoyed. No. I've been annoyed. No. Oh, I've been annoyed. There's a reason. No, like, I know, but I've been annoyed. But I'm not annoyed with them. It's more about like, it, maybe it's more I'm embarrassed because yeah. I think to myself, oh, this ain't going good. Yeah, I've been embarrassed. Maybe, maybe that's what it yeah, more I feels felt like. Embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but for this guy, it was an embarrassment. No, it because became he, you anger. can't correct you. You can't correct this guy. The, the, this guy is just you know, in it, it, he's unapproachable. That, mm. That's the kind of guy that mm. we're not obviously interested in <laughs> in emulating. So, um, does a so does a pastor uh, have to come clean before the church for his sins uh, that are committed in the family? The question is maybe. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now listen, if I was genuinely repentant about uh, the way I was treating my wife and kids, uh, I would probably want to talk about that to the congregation, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. as I began to grow in grace. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's, that's natural, yeah. I think, for us. Yeah, so, so for me, I, I'd be thinking, like, if I'm genuinely repentant, but it's repeating, yeah. I'd be like, okay, then this definitely needs... Uh, I need to step away for a bit, yeah. right? Like, obviously, there's something here that needs to be dealt with. Uh, for the sake of my family, I need to step away uh, for a you know specified season of time and reevaluate and mm-hmm. assess. Well, basically, the, the issue is, is if there is serious and or sustained sin in the life of a minister, uh, then he needs to be held accountable. Uh, and it, it at the very least, the elders would have to know and be coaching and helping him and counseling him. Uh, and then again, depending on what's happening, uh, the congregation might have to know. And it's not because, oh, well, this is too sensitive for the congregation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying uh, that the sin impact is r- smaller than warrants it being brought before the whole church. Um, you know, it's like, uh, let's. I, I'm trying to think of an example. The, the example isn't particularly important. It's more about you know, has has this con- continue, has this sin continued to flourish? Um, is it is it not being checked at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, so at some point, yeah, you're going to want to talk to the congregation. Does it mean that uh, the pastor is disqualified? Well, emotionally abusing your your family could be grounds for being disqualified. It might not be. It just sort of depends on how it's unpacked and what's actually going on mm-hmm. and how it works. So, um, you also mentioned uh, anonymous emailer. You also mentioned First uh, Timothy five nineteen tells us not to bring a charge against an elder, uh, and only one person has spoken to me about this. Right, so um, you know you 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 don't. Well, here's what you said. I'm going to read it because I want us to actually address First Timothy five nineteen in the context in which you bring it up. Yeah, yeah. And to give a bit more context, I'm a friend of one of the children. They confided in me. I was told not to tell anyone as it would make the situation worse for the family. I'm now realizing how wrong that was, but I'm still unsure on how to bring this up as First Timothy five nineteen tells us not to bring a charge against an elder. Uh, and only one person has spoken to me about this. So it's basically on one witness. Um, yeah, the the accusation thing is a, is a, is brought up a lot, and it's usually most of the time in my experience the people that have a lot to say about First Timothy five nineteen are pastors who do not want to be held accountable. Mm. They use it to get keep people away. Oh, so one person is saying that I uh, sexually assaulted them. <laughs> Where's the witness? I'm out. 
peace out. You don't have two witnesses. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that may be an extreme example, but that's what yeah, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, that's yeah. What abusive pastors do though. Yeah, like a one person said something like, "I don't have to enter." Nobody, like, like get them out on technicality. Yeah, it's like you don't have the right to talk to um, the elders about. You, you, what you think you know or saw about me if you don't have a witness, if you don't have more than you, but but then they can't gossip. So how do you find a second witness? It's like, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. Let's, uh, will you read First Timothy 5, 19 and 20? Yeah. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Okay. Do not admit a charge against an elder unless there are witnesses. This is used by some pastors to eliminate anybody bringing forward any complaint about a pastor. And Mm -hmm. that's not the point of the passage. Uh, This passage has nothing to do with hearing or airing a complaint or even issuing a general concern or charge before the elders for what you have seen or experienced with another elder. Um, So if, if I had a friend who... If I was at a church and the pastor's kid is telling me, my dad hurts me so bad emotionally uh, every day that I cry, I can't sleep, I'm, I'm having suicidal thoughts. Well, guess who I'm talking to? Yeah. I'm talking to the stinking elders. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. And that is not what Timothy here is talking about. That's not bringing the the, the charge, what Paul's talking about here. That's not what... what um, the charge. This passage is saying you cannot bring up a minister on formal charges, like ecclesial charges. You you can't uh, publicly charge him unless you have witnesses, some sort of corroboration. It doesn't mean that you can't have a conversation with him or that or the elders about a particular problem. So it's the formal, say, arraignment of a pastor which requires witnesses. Um, so you can't. Uh, you can't just say like, oh, well, I heard this and, and, and that's enough. And now we're going to actually put it before the church for a vote to see if he is excommunicated or put under discipline. So to admit a charge against an elder is public, formal mm-hmm. discipline processes uh, in hearings. And uh, but this, what you're talking about is not that you're saying like, oh, I heard this from the pastor's daughter. You should go to the elders and say, Here's what the kid is saying. Now, um, that might make things worse for the kid. That makes it very complicated. Plus, if you're, uh, uh, what, what do they call us, Jimmy, as pastors here in Illinois? I'm drawing a blank on the name, but we are oh, mandatory, mandatory reporters. reporters yeah. right? We've got to report stuff if we know of it. So all this to say, um, I it's it depends on the situation. We don't know the particular situation, but in general, uh, I, I tend to want to act uh, on behalf tend. Uh, we have a history of acting on behalf of those who are abused or whom we uh, suspect are abused rather quickly. We don't play. So, no, um, no, it might be one of those, you know. So, I mean, are you suggesting to them about uh, this individual to go to an elder that they trust? I don't know enough about the situation to say it. Um, but the, the, okay, how about the, let's help sort through the feeling of regret. Yeah, I, it, it's it's hard because it's it's I don't know the details, so it's like I have to assume things that may or may not be true in order to go beyond, like to, to apply it to her situation. I can only talk mm. in generalities, but um, if my conscience is telling me I'm I'm let me, let me put it this way: Do you feel bad because you did the wrong thing by not saying something, or do you feel bad because you, that kid is still at risk? So, like, if I thought the kid is still at risk, I would definitely say something. 
if the kid is not at risk because it's been worked out, as you say, um, and I just feel bad because I did the wrong thing, well then, I don't know. Um, I that wouldn't be my motivator then to 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 blow the whistle. But then again, do I think it disqualified him from ministry? That's what I mean. It's it's way way too complicated for us. To, I think offer specific advice mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we don't know those details. But I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> no, don't. Well, Joe. Yeah. You know, uh, some of the things that we can advise people on. There's, there's only a few. There's only a few things. We keep it simple. And I mean, on Friday and Saturday, September 18th and 19th, mm-hmm. yep. over here in the Fox Valley area. That's right. Uh, we are having our Doctrine and Devotion fourth annual conference. That's right. Our theme for this two-day conference is Covenant Theology, God's Promises for God's People. And guess what? Dr. Sam, the man, Renahan, is our keynote speaker. He's going to be joined by Joe and I, uh, and we're, he, but he's going to be walking us through biblical covenants between God and his people. I'm excited. Yep. Register now. Mm-hmm. Uh, head on over to drvotion.com slash conference. Get in while you can. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited. And uh, you know what I just got the other day? What's uh, that? Because Sam. Mm-hmm. Is a Sam likes the same kind of music I like. We like we like we have similar musical tastes. All right. So Sam likes heavy metal. I like heavy metal. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. But I, he just sent me a picture. We were, we were chatting, and he sent me a picture of one of the walls in his study. Yeah, he's got like these awesome electric guitars. Yeah. Like, uh, flying V style, like what? metal guitars. So I mean, this is going to be a metal con. This is going to be a metal conference. It's I mean, be, in spirit. In spirit. Yeah, in spirit. Okay, good, yeah, good, yeah, good. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear it except him and I, probably. But you know, it's 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 going to. Yeah, be. you guys have fun with that. That'll be great. All right, Jimmy, we got one more email. Let's uh, let's get to this, and this will we'll be rather brief on this. But right. uh, Michael has uh, has a question. All right, Michael. Hey guys, I'm a recent hardcore listener to the show and have been listening to your podcast every day for the past few months, and it has been life giving and thought provoking. Of course, it has. Thank you guys for the content We're that special. you put out. <laughs> We're important. We're important. Uh, It has really helped me through this hard season of life that I find myself in. Cool. Which brings me to my question. How do you guys pray and pray well? Recently, I find myself doing prayerful gymnastics as I constantly fight with myself over what I should bring to God and the manner of how I bring those things to God. In my prayer... It is not uncommon for me to present a felt need and then immediately take it back because it is only a felt need, which is ultimately just a want. This then brings about an argument that I have with myself, which produces guilt and shame and sometimes doubt in the prayer that I just offered. I am going through some hard times with my church. To go into it now would be too soon, and I worry that it would be looking for you guys to validate my bitterness. Wait. Yeah, validate Mm -hmm. bitterness. As a reason for the trouble in prayer, but I am worried that allowing myself that excuse for too long will cause a habit and hindrance to my spiritual life. I would love your thoughts on this. Or if you talked about something similar, I would love to be pointed to that episode. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Fofo is the best. Thank you so much, Doesn't Jimmy, say that. for everything you have done. You're, add, you're adding. You are a beautiful individual. You're like Satan. How adding beautiful to the word are God? the feet adding that to bring about the mm-hmm. gospel? Mike. Well, Mike, um, Again, uh, great question. Lots in there for us to unpack, but we want to keep it rather simple because it's easy to get lost in a whole lot of advice. Um, Jimmy, how would you answer this question? How do you pray well? What's your what's your immediate initial response to that? I don't pray well. <laughs> That's my <laughs> response too. I'm like, who are you talking to? Yeah, you're talking like, to the Jofo. Jo- Jim- yeah, like, like, like someone behind me. I think it, Pastor, Pastor Jeff. We could get Pastor yeah, Jeff, Pastor on. Jeff on. Yeah. 
like you, uh, we struggle, and like most Christians, we struggle with prayer. There yeah. are some seasons in which it's 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 hotter, and some seasons in which it's cooler. Um, but we all struggle. We all need to learn to pray. We all need to yeah. grow yeah, in yeah, prayer. Yeah. So don't feel like you are on your own there. So, um, but what we can say is is what we have learned about prayer uh, through trial and error through mm-hmm. God's word and uh, through th- sometimes things going well and sometimes us becoming lazy. So we'll, we'll put it in, in that kind of, of a context. Um, one of the things that you said here is um, you're f- is I constantly fight with myself over yeah. what I should bring to God and the manner of how I bring those things to God. Um, I, 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 so let's just stop there. There are different kinds of prayer and different contexts of prayer. There's formal prayer and informal prayer. There is what, when I was a new convert, everybody seemed to call popcorn prayer, which is this little, this mm-hmm. quick little prayer that you see guys like Daniel throwing up, right? In the, in the, the circumstance, quick little prayer, boom, go God, take care of this, make it happen, bang. And then no, see what popcorn happens. prayer is what you do in the midst. When you're like gathering together, yeah, you pop, but it's but they're but they're but all, like, everyone, well, but they're unless it's your group but and some sure. of your guys, because I've seen members in your guys' group. Yeah, when you tell them ten seconds, fifteen seconds, twenty seconds, they go two we, minutes. We would never say ten seconds or two minutes. We don't limit our people in praying. Oh, you Anyways, should. No, you so should because you guys never get to studying. But the point is, is that like, yeah, there is. It's a, it is totally appropriate to pray in the car while you're driving when oh. you're taking a shower. Uh, yeah, that's my morning commute. Is my like prayer time yeah. yeah i mean it's like that these are on your knees uh, in a quiet corner uh there 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 is no wrong time for you to pray but you got to recognize that there are, are different ways and different forms there's formal prayer mm-hmm. there's prayer in the context of corporate worship and, and all of these things so don't worry it, it is the my manner of prayer totally off the way that we pray does matter but it's don't rule out some forms some context or or uh opportunities to pray as not as good as others because they don't appear to be as significantly or explicitly religious in Mm. some way. So I would just say that on the front end, uh, give yourself sort of a wide berth and understanding that there are different ways to pray. What's his next thing here, Jimmy? Well, what about the, uh, uh, the felt need? Mm -hmm. Uh, so what do you say here? My prayer is not coming for you to present a felt need and then immediately take it back because it is only a felt need, which is ultimately just a want. Yeah. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with praying for what you want? What's wrong with praying about a felt need? Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get. Like <laughs> what, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. I think that's, I, I think now I think understanding that, uh, uh, God is not Santa Claus mm-hmm. and we're coming with a wish list of, of, you know, items that we would desire. But I do think there's that aspect of communicating with God that he already knows the desires of our hearts and bringing yeah. those desires before him in an open and transparent and honest way, right? Yeah, totally. uh, and, I, and I think that's fine to, to yeah. say. I mean, Joe has, uh, has, has prayed for uh, growth and, and the Lord has given him spiritual growth. I mean, he wanted the physical, but unfortunately, uh, it was, that was just a felt need and not necessarily what the Lord had for I him. I felt need for you to shut your face. <laughs> Are you still not? You're still on your uh, your booster seat right now, aren't you? Yeah, of course I am, because I can't see with my glasses, because <laughs> everything's out of focus if I'm looking at the wrong angle. All right. But I think it's good to be honest and open yeah. and, and, and bring that forward, you know? Give to unto the Lord the desire of your hearts. First of all, let's take a backup on prayer. What is prayer? It's not just communicating a list of... Uh, clearly biblically sanctioned needs, um, but it is 
a pouring out of the heart or their soul to God through Jesus Christ. You're praying for things that are lawful mm. and biblical mm. and good. You're praying for the good of others. Man, yeah, you're going to you're going to talk to the Lord about your heart and your desires and your wants and uh, and that's okay. And you can ask God, like God, I you know, Lord, like let's say you need a job. And uh obviously you need a job. That's biblical. But do you need a good paying job or do you just need a job that'll pay the bills? Well, you just need a job that'll pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. But so is it wrong to pay for, pray that God would give you a job that pays more than you made before? Of course not. Because what, what would a, a good Christian do in, in a, in a context in which he's making a lot more money? He would be more generous. He would help more people. So mm-hmm. pray for the desire of your hearts, unless they're unbiblical, unless they're and that's, sinful. That's the thing right there, right? It's like even thinking through, uh, you know, as a young believer, you know, they would tell us like, Pray for your future spouse. Right? Yeah, totally. And like, yeah, I desired that. I desired uh, that I, w- I would meet a godly woman uh, that would be blind and <laughs> would accept me for who I am. Yeah. Now, the Lord gave me the desire of my heart, except she is not, you know, blind, but she is nose blind, and that helps as well. And so, um, you know, but like, it, there's nothing wrong with that. Praying, like, as as a young believer for your future spouse and desiring uh, to have children, desiring to be married. What are you doing? Okay, you know me. Yeah, here we go. Pretty well. Yeah. When I prayed for my future wife, Mm -hmm. when I was a student at Moody. Yeah. Name one or two things that I prayed for that God would give that are not biblical, but not anti-biblical. Like Like, just like desire preference. What did I want? Brunette. Yep. That's one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want no blonde. Don't want no ginger. See, I don't know want, you. I want I brunette. That was all. So, that, okay. So okay. Well. So what's the other thing? Oh, that's not biblical? Because yeah, I knew yeah. I know you wanted, you know. And godly and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Skip past no, all that. These are the fun ones. Okay, brunette and? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say that because she needed to be short. Yeah. I, yeah now, I could, I'd, if, if God was like, hey, you know what? Wait, you short did? Yeah, that was right. Short, yeah. You got it. <laughs> So if God, if God was like, ah, you know what? She's going to be tall and redhead. I'd be fine. Like, it's like, but those were just my desires. Mm-hmm, so it's like, mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. As long as you are constantly submitting yourself to the sovereign will of God, <laughs> you are good to go. Pray for what you want yeah. in submission to the will of God. And you're not just praying selfishly just for yourself in some self-serving way. There's, you have to see your desires in the context of your life. And, and not just calling. that, the context of, of what it is that God has for, like, when we're praying certain times, and sometimes, I actually, I believe this, that when I was praying for my wife, I was praying according to the will of God, right? Mm-hmm. That the, the plan in which that he had for me and for my family. And I think in the same way that when these felt needs are coming up, they're not just wants and desires. Uh, they could be, some are not, but they could be part of the plan that God, the, the, the plan that God has for you. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Totally. Love it. Now, you, you go on to say that uh, as you're struggling with all these things, you'll pray a prayer and then you'll take it back. You know what? No take backs. No it's take already backs. been sent up. So you are in trouble. It's like you, you went to the fountain, you, you put that penny in, you ain't yep. finding it. Nope. You know what it's like? It's like your dad says, hey, I want you to take out the garbage. And you're like, <laughs> whatever. And then your dad goes, what'd you say? Now he knows what you said. You know, you yeah. can't take that but back. You can't take it back. It's too late. You could say it doesn't matter. Like you are in trouble. No, obviously, I we totally. Do I have the alter? Never mind. I will tell you. I have to tell you off air. So, it, I understand the struggle, right? This you're like, oh, I'm, you're having guilt and shame and doubt about the prayer you're offered. Let's just know this. Um, 
the person who has been reconciled to Christ, when you are offering up prayers, and, and, and your prayers are sincere, right? You're actually, you're lifting them up to the Lord, um, and you don't have, uh, it's not all done properly. The Lord hears your prayers. You're reconciled. He's your father, and Jesus yes. perfects your prayers. So this is not anything to, to, to freak out about. I think, I think you need to steady yourself around your standing before God, your justification, yeah. your union with Christ, and, um, and use all of these things, your questions, your concerns, and even the bitter experience that you've had with your church to move you deeper into prayer, not further away from Oh, it. yeah, that's right. I mean, this is an opportunity to say, like, you know what? Maybe I don't have peace with my church the way that I'd like to, but I do have peace with God. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to camp out on this and see what God does in the midst of it. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, drfortune.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays later. Are right, we going to tell me? No, I'm off air. Why didn't you tell me? No, trust me. You'll, once I say it, you'll understand. <laughs>